How many of you really want things to be real in your life? Just truth, just to be truth. And no, no painting on it, no added candy to it. It's just being real. And you know, the world wants things to be real, real also. So to me, if the church who knows the real truth is real, then we can change every aspect of our world. And what we began uh, teaching on so that we understand the ability that we have to change our world is we began teaching on living a double portion life, living a double portion life. We have discussed we have a right as a believer to live a double portion life. And the main reason we don't is we really didn't know we had this right or we don't understand how. When people talk about double portion, people talk about blessings, there are times they can get off track. There are times you can talk about the blessings of the Lord and, and because we don't understand why God blesses us, we can get off track. And we use it for ourselves, we use it for, for ulterior motives in our lives. So let's read again the scripture from last week in Deuteronomy. If a man has two wives, one loved and the other unloved, and they have borne him children, both the loved and the unloved, and if the firstborn son is of her who was unloved, then it shall be on the day he bequeaths his possessions to his sons that he must not bestow firstborn status on the son of the loved wife in preference to the son of the unloved, the true firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the son of the unloved wife as the firstborn, by giving him a double portion of all that he has, for he is the beginning of his strength, the right of the firstborn is his. So we grab that understanding of what is the firstborn? Who is the firstborn? So the principle in God's covenant promise to you is this, is that the firstborn son belongs to God. The firstborn son belongs to God. Then we took you on a journey in Scripture. As the firstborn, this is the blessings, the purpose, and the portion. The firstborn son was given twice as much possessions of the father's possessions of any other child. But we understood the reason for this blessing is the firstborn was to take care of the family. So we began to delve into that, in, in, into the Greek and the Hebrew, and the firstborn is not loved more or gifted more than the father's other sons. See, we have to understand is, is when we think someone goes first or someone gives, is given more, that he's loved more, that, that God has, has preference towards him. And we need to understand that God has no preference to, to anyone, that we all are loved the same by God. So the portion, what we found, is a tool to be a blessing to others. Any time as Jack, as anyone has been blessed with different things, the reason why that happens is because you are to be a blessing to someone else. We found Jesus, and in Scripture, was the firstborn and the only begotten of the Father. We gave you Romans 8. And Colossians chapter 1, it's in your notes. 
Jesus went to the cross and as the father's representative, as the firstborn. And so the understanding, the scriptural principle is that Jesus was to take care of the church, the family of God. And so in that, he was a firstborn and Jesus has that ability to take care of the church. So I want to read the scriptures again. So we will really be I'm going to use the term indented. We will really have an understanding of why God does this and what our heart needs to be about. Remember, we talked about the undivided heart, and uh, many people are, are wanting to love God, but they have a divided heart, that their soul is ruling them, and they're ruled by bitterness and anger and frustration. And what we need to understand is God has set a principle, God has set something in order in the spirit realm for each one of us to have the ability to accomplish the call of God in our life. Hebrews 12 says this, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the just men made perfect, those are born again, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So the firstborn in this scripture we found in the New Testament in verse 23 refers to you and I. On the day you were born again, your name was registered in heaven of course, we know the book of life, but in the registry in heaven, you are registered as a firstborn son of God. In Israel, when the firstborn is born, they are registered in Israel so that the firstborn would receive when the father and mother pass away, he would receive the double portion. Why? To take care of the family. In God's kingdom, you, when you become born again, you are registered in heaven. Every one of you are registered in heaven as the firstborn. And because you are registered in heaven, you have the ability to be able to live a life of double portion. But we found, why is that? So that we can have all kinds of things? Well, God wants to bless you. But the reason why you are blessed, the firstborn, double portion, is so that you can take care of those around you. That you are a giver, that you are someone that takes care of others. It is a legal entity in the kingdom of God that you have all right and ability to receive your double portion. So the question is, and here's where we're going now today, the question is, how do you walk in this blessing? Before the double portion blessing falls and works in us, the spirit of the firstborn has to be in us. Now let me explain that. When we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that we become born again, our spirit is brand new. The Bible says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Speaking of your spirit, you're still battling with your soul. You're still battling with your past, your stuff in your life. But the reality is, is that when the younger, the spirit, rules your soul, 
then what you begin to do is you begin to walk in the character of God. And when you walk in the character of God, then what happens is it is in essence, you are walking in the spirit of the Lord. You are walking with the the double portion spirit, the firstborn spirit. In other words, you are a giver. You are a lover of people. It's not about yourself. Remember, we will talk about a little bit again, but remember the Jesus said that the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, their doctrine was selfishness. It was about them. It was about ruling people because they they had the blessings. They had a lot of stuff in in their life, and, and they kept it to themselves. But what God is talking about is we are a people of outreach, that what God has blessed us is when we are blessed, our first thought should be, God, what is this for? How can we bless others in our lives? Amen? Amen. So selfishness is removed in our life. Last week, we talked about the two fish and the five loaves, and Jesus said, you feed them, you take care of them. Why? Jesus said, because you're the firstborn. Now, some of you say, Pastor, Jesus didn't say that in that story. No, he didn't, but he knew the principle. He said, why are you trying to send them to all the McDonald's around? He says, you got stuff. You have what you have. Now you feed them. So Jesus said, walk in this spiritual truth by living a life of compassion, seeing other people's lives as important to being a giver and not a taker. be a giver and not a taker. We must in everything remove a religious spirit by not living in selfishness as Jesus pointed out on the doctrines of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Church, this is called outreach. We proclaimed last year this was a year of outreach. And again, we're not talking about hanging something on on someone's doorknob. And if God leads you to do that, go for it, because God led you to do that. But what I am saying to you, this is a year of outreach, that we multiply ourselves, and how do you do that? You first have to understand who you are. You are the firstborn. You are the one with the double portion. You have the ability with what you have today to be able to touch other lives and change other lives. Now follow me. If you build God's house, he will build your house. If you take responsibility for God's family, God will take responsibility for your family. The double portion blessing is phenomenal when your life is about giving. So here's the blessing. Let's go back to the fish and loaves story. Matthew 14, I want to show you just a little bit more here. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And right away they said, we don't have enough. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. 
And he said, bring them here to me. Now watch the process here. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. We told you about 30 to 35,000 people. See, why most people struggle with compassion and giving is that they don't believe they have enough. God is leading you to go to your neighbor, maybe bake them a pie or go over and just shake their hand and say, hey, I heard that your daughter's in the hospital. Is there anything that I can do? And as you walk away, say, you know, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that God would touch her body and heal her. You have enough. You're the firstborn. You have the ability to lay hands on the sick that they would recover. You have this ability. You have an anointing in your life that is, as the Scripture describes it, as the double portion blessing from the Lord, the firstborn. You have an anointing, the name of Jesus. We, we can go through all that. We, we do, you know, the, the healing classes and, and the discipleship, OSL, all these things. We've learned these things. But bottom line, our greatest struggle in our life is we're always feeling that we have lack. We're always feeling we don't have enough. Think of this. There were 12 disciples and Jesus, 13 men. That's not enough. Two fish and five loaves. Church, that's not even a good snack for 13 men. So the disciples are frustrated. When you study this, you will study, and in both stories, you'll study the reality is that they were frustrated because they were looking at themselves and saying, I'm not good enough. They're looking at themselves and saying, I can't do this. Jesus, just send them away. We're done with this. I'm done with this pressure. I'm done with this problem. And I want to tell you, don't be done with anything because God can do all things if you just understand who you are and begin to move forward and become that giver and become that one that says you have more than enough whatever you have. Hmm. Hmm. Jesus said, you feed them. And again, the disciples thought, that's not even enough for us. We're hungry too. We want a Big Mac. You see, the struggle is, is when I have enough time, I'll serve others. When I win the lottery, I'll give something. The old saying is when my ship comes in, I'll do what God asks of me. Let me tell you, your ship is out there waiting for you to take the responsibility of the firstborn, then your ship will come in. I'm going to say that again. You have the ability to do anything that God has called you to do. Where Whatever season you're in, whatever season you're jumping in, Whatever situation, whether it's good or bad, 
You have what it takes in you, in Christ, as the firstborn to attain it. But we must understand the spirit of this to remove selfishness. The moment the disciples put the fish and loaves in Jesus' hand, the miracle began. Let's read this again. Numbers 8, verse 16, we read this last week. For they are wholly given to me from among the children of Israel. I have taken them for myself instead of all who open the womb. The firstborn of all the children of Israel. For all the firstborn among the children of Israel are mine, both man and beast. On the day that I struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified them to myself. So first we must understand, listen very closely, the miracle of the firstborn blessing begins when we say to the Father, I belong to you. When we say to the Father, everything I am, everything I have is yours. And now I move into a realm of giving. I'm a blessing to others. When I go into a room, it's about blessing. It's not about me. It's about others. When I go at work, it's not about me. It's about my coworkers. If I have to go the extra mile to help the, the, the coworker to be able to succeed because they're struggling, I'll go the extra mile because I have the spirit of the firstborn. I, have, I am the firstborn, and because of that, I have double portion, and I have more than enough. But a lot of people are waiting again for that ship to come in. It's not just about money either, folks. Saying, I am yours. The second we find is this, in this principle of the firstborn. Jesus needs to bless it which means he puts the double portion blessing on it. Have you ever known someone said, I don't know why God didn't cause this to happen. I don't know why this business didn't succeed. And then you ask them the question, was it the will of God for you to do this? Well, he said, whatever I put my hands to, was it the will of God for you to do this? Well, did you pray about it? No, I just went to a I watched TV, I saw a commercial, I went to this thing at this hotel, and I listened to some guy spiel for 30 minutes, and I bought this box, and I got this, and I got that. I don't know why God didn't bless it. See, we have to understand that it has to have the blessings of the Lord on it. What does that mean? It must be the will of the Lord. What is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? What has God said? Well, I don't know. Hey, let me just say something to you. Your daddy in heaven loves you so much, he's talking to you all the time. Amen. And let me just say this too. Every one of you, you've heard him too. To some in this house, you might be, he might be saying, come to me, you've rejected me all your life. Receive me. Receive me, I will bless you, I will guide you, I will direct you, I will help you. Hmm. So, again, the second we find that Jesus needs to bless it, it needs to be what God has said, not what man has said. It is blessed because it's about the kingdom of God. 
when you begin to realize that the blessing, the double portion blessing, is about moving into the kingdom of God and bringing others to Christ and helping others out of their depression, helping others out of their hurt, then you will begin to understand that God does bless, God does prosper, but he prospers those who will walk in the spirit of the firstborn, who has removed the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, religious spirit, and begins to walk in this anointing. In Matthew 14, 19, it says, Jesus blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. Let's look at this again now. As soon as the disciples took the responsibility of the multitude, they then gave Jesus what they had. Let me ask you this. Have you given Jesus everything that you are? Have you given Jesus what you have? Jesus gave the double portion blessing on what they had and broke it. And as I was praying over this, studying this, and as I was uh, looking in books and I, you know, I, I listened to people, I, I really try to get what God is saying. And the question is, what, what do you mean he broke it? Well, he grabbed the fish and he went, no. Let me tell you what I believe the answer is. If we're going to live the way God wants us to live, something has to break over our lives. Some might have a spirit of lack, a spirit of fear, a spirit of selfishness, poverty, a religious spirit. It's all that has to break in our lives. And when you give, the blessing will explode and many others you contact will be blessed. We have to be broken first. I believe I have a pretty good life. Matter of fact, I believe I have a wonderful life. And that's not a movie, by the way. Some of you will get that later. But I really do. And I have found through the years, as I have experienced God, experienced growth in the Lord, and experienced revelations from the Word of God, it always begins with what God calls me to be and then now I have to allow him to break things that keep me from being what God called me to be. Is that with you too? You know, and, and then from there, then I take the next step of, okay, I got over this now. I feel good about myself and everything's so good. And now what do I do? Now I need to look out and see what I can do to help others. How to be a giver. Because selfishness is no longer part of my life. It is amazing to me, even some of the most wonderful believers become selfish. And, and sometimes we have opinions 
of other people who don't believe or, or struggle in their life and we have opinions instead of realizing at one point in our life we were there too. At one point in your life, you were there too, but God gave you revelation of who you are, and now you are walking in the spirit of the firstborn, and you become a giver, and God is blessing you, and you're doing all these things, and the enemy, the greatest battle that you will ever have is when you do have things, when you do prosper. That is your greatest test in your life, that you must understand that God blesses us doubly so that we can be a blessing to other people. Right in that section, there's a family group of about 15 that I had the privilege of driving a couple hours away from here and doing a wedding. That's why my forehead's burnt. We're out in the sun. And just amazing, amazing, amazing people. And as I was talking to them, they began to express to me what God is doing in their life and why, you know, times are not able to be in church because... They're having to work on Sundays, and, and, but they're listening to the podcast. But they, you know, they got it because yesterday they told me, and I know they wouldn't mind me telling you this, but you know, God has prospered them. And now they've hired two, and they're going to hire one more person, and the person they're going to hire, the one more person, so they can come back to church. That's the firstborn spirit because they know that they are to follow the word of God. They know that they're to have a heart of integrity, to be able to walk in the things of God. You see, these are the things that we need to see in the life of God. God wants to bless you. God has blessed you. God has already set it up. But who are you? You are the firstborn, and you are a giver. But something needs to be broken sometimes. In this story, God was pleased because his family was taken care of. The disciples were pleased. They received by giving something they thought at first they didn't have enough. Jesus blessed it and broke it, gave them the will of the Lord, and also broke something in their life, and there's a large basket full in return. The multitudes ate and were full. When you give, when you have a spirit of outreach this year, God wins, you win, and the people win. When you don't give, nobody wins. My brother, can you bring that up, please? I also went fishing yesterday. We got five loaves and two fish. I think these are used by Pastor Dan on the fishing trip to show us pictures that they caught some. <laughs> That's the bait. You wish. <laughs> That's probably breakfast. <laughs> you know, you... You look at that, and that's what they had. Picture with me now. There's a basket, five loaves and two fish. Thirteen men, 
and you will divide these up to feed 30 to 35,000 people. How many of you would say, Pastor, not enough. Need a Costco trip. But Jesus says, what you have is enough with my blessing. But if you just have, and you're not walking in the blessing of the Lord, the will of the Lord, and if you're not thinking kingdom, and you're not thinking God first and thinking others first, then what happens, it will not be enough. There will always be lack. And when we get to the place of the spirit of the firstborn, some of us would say, again, because of what we see. Some of you are living in your life and you're looking at your situation, your circumstance, and you're saying, I don't have enough. I don't know what to do. And in this story, Jesus is telling us what to do. A spirit of poverty is you just feel like you will never get ahead. Jesus said, with my blessing, it is more than enough. In the end, out of that came 12 large baskets full. Large baskets full. I'll just put a little something we're going to talk about in the fall. You know the large baskets, 12? The 12 tribes of Israel. Church, we have enough to touch this world for Jesus Christ. We have enough. And when you get the two stories together of the fish and the bread, you will find it is depicting the continents of this world even before they knew of the continents. It will give you the total understanding is that when we understand scripturally what God has done and who you are in Christ, you have enough to touch the world. He's given us that ability. Let me read 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul is receiving an offering for the saints in Jerusalem. No, I'm not going to receive another offering. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not a grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. <laughs> Here we go. Let me just tell you also, 12 baskets full, they didn't have refrigeration. They had more than they needed for themselves. And if they didn't give it away, it would be spoiled. So not, even the, not only that we walk in double portion blessing, but then when we receive back from giving and loving one another and God's blessing is upon our lives, then we're blessed more. And what we need to understand is even in the blessing of the blessing, God says we need to give it away. We need to have a heart to say, will we give it away? If God says give it, give it. 
He said he'd give you houses and land, but he gives houses and land to people that have a firstborn spirit, that are givers. He will bless you. It's in every area of your life. Yesterday, I did that wedding, a new season in this couple's life. And I told them right from standing in front of them and from the whole congregation, this is the blessings of the Lord over you, if you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, always having all sufficiency. And here's what I want to close with. Isn't this awesome what the Holy Spirit's telling us today? It's important to the devil that you're broke. It's important to the devil that you're lonely. It's vital to the devil that you crawl in a hole and you don't serve others. He wants you to live in fear and lack in total selfishness. Satan wants the church to think about themselves only. See, the large basket full was too much. They received by the blessing. How the blessing happened is they gave. So the disciples had to give some away. Last statement, but I'm going to ask that you would stand with me. Don't get stuck to the notes. Is that all you have is two fish and five loaves? What you have, are you looking at not enough? God so loved the world. God is love, but he gave out of himself and he gave his son. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Today, you can do that. How do you do that? By saying, Jesus, I believe that you went to the cross. You shed your blood for my sins. You took stripes upon your back for my healing. And today, I want to walk as a firstborn. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. You shall be saved. You can do that right now as I'm continuing to talk. But let me say this last statement. Remember the disciples had to give away because there's no refrigeration. That is the reason for the double portion blessing. Giving. It's important to God 
that you have more than enough. But how you walk in it is you walk in the spirit of the firstborn. Out of what you have, you allow God to use it for his kingdom. Out of who you are, you let, let God use it for the kingdom of God. You make those choices and God will make sure that it will be returned back to you. Scripture says, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But when it runs over, what do you do? You give it away. You give it away. You give it away. You give your time. You give your, your knowledge of the word. You, you pray for people. You pat people on the back. You hold their hand when they're hurting. You just give it away. That's being real. And that's what God wants us to be. Thank you for being who you are. Valley, we have done so much. We have all those church plants all around the world. We have leaders who are receiving all the leadership training materials from us all around the world. We give. Those orphans are now, many of them are, are not even orphans anymore. <laughs> Amen. They're leaders in their country in Cambodia. They're doing great things. They're in politics. They're business owners. But they started with nothing. But they were taught the love of God. And now they're doing great things. And you have given hundreds of thousands of dollars towards that. You see, expect the blessings of the Lord. But expect every single day for God to talk to you and tell you to give away. And when you do, it'll just constantly do amazing things. May the spirit of the living God overwhelm you today. May you walk out of this place with such a joy in your heart that even though you have that small basket in your life today, you have more than enough. And when you allow God to use who you are for the kingdom of God, it will return back to you. Blessings upon blessings. Why? Because other people are more important than yourself. May God bless you. Terry and I love you. Have an amazing day. And God bless you.